Thank you, everybody. It's great to uh, see folk here. Some people I know, some fresh faces. Excuse me, just go and get this. Oh, I know. Don't get too excited. <laughs> Good. I, um, I, I was really struck by the line in, in that song, welcomed as the friends of God. What an, what an extraordinary line, isn't it? I mean, to put you and God in, in the same room, in the same thing, to be welcomed as the friends of God. So I, I'm just wondering whether we all know that personally, whether we all know that we personally have been welcomed as the friends of God. And I, I want to read two bits of the Bible out this morning, both written by the same person, by um, the Apostle John. The first one's uh, a verse in Revelation, Revelation 3, verse 20, and then we're going to read some verses from 1 John. And, and I want to talk about, about that friendship, really. The Bible uses a, a word fellowship. It's not a word we use very often, is it? You remember, I don't know how many of you like the... Um, the, the Lord of the Rings films, uh, I, quite, I quite like them. And um, you don't like them? Okay, I don't really care if you like them or not, to be honest. But uh, there's one of those called, called The Fellowship of the Rings. And, and really, it's, 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 a, it's a grand title, but really it's the, the companion... Thanks, Jim. Trying to stop me break things, breaking things. Uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's a film all about the companionship, the ups and downs of the friendship that these little fellows have while they're going about this great task that they're swept up in huge world-changing events of the, the great battle between good and evil, really. It's a superb um, story. And, and, and while they do that, their friendship go, goes up and down, but they've got an increasing fellowship. And the Greek words koinonia, for those who like collecting ancient bits of history, koinonia. And it's, it's more than friendship, it's, it's companionship, it's partnership, it's being stakeholders together, partners having shares together, um, friendship. It's all of that wrapped up in one word that we don't really have an English equivalent for. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And we'll, we'll start off with just one verse out of Revelation 3 verse 20, where Jesus is in the midst of giving three uh, messages, if you like, seven messages to seven different churches. And to one of them, uh, he's telling them off, he's telling them to change their minds, to change their direction, uh, to repent and, and come back to him, even though they're, it's a church full of Christians. And, and he says to them in verse 20, here I am, boo, <laughs> here, here I am, says Jesus, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And that's a great picture of someone saying, I'd like to come in, you're there, you're in the room, and Jesus is there knocking on the, the door saying, what I really want is to hang out with you. What, what I really want is to sit down around the table, open a glass of a can of beer or a glass of wine, have a lovely meal together and share together as friends to hang out. That's, that's the picture. And in many countries, not so much in our country, but in many countries, eating together is a really significant, important thing. It's, it's how you show friendship. It's how you make... I'm always interested. If you have an evening together and sit, sit around and say, Let, let's share together, everyone, everyone goes... 
they sort of climb up, look at each other. It's a little bit awkward. But if you get lots of food on the table and start eating and drinking some, and just being friends together, it's amazing how much more people open up and you, you find you're, you're telling people things and they say, I never knew that about you. That's really fascinating. And, and, and somehow in the context of food, you, you get this sharing together. And that's, that's the picture Jesus is giving here, saying to, to a church, hey, I, I want to be sharers with you. I want to be intimate. I want to be close to you. I want us to tell each other how it is in each other's lives. So that's, that's the picture there. Actually, five out of the seven churches here weren't doing well. They didn't have that intimate involvement, that close relationship with Jesus. And my thought is this, that this is not just a verse, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to us. I don't know where we are in our relationship with God, but the invitation from Jesus still is here today, that, that, that we don't leave it as a religious verse because Christianity actually isn't a religion. It's an antidote to religion. It's an antidote to the striving and keep rule-keeping and all the things you have to do to get right with God. Instead, it's a relationship, and Jesus says, hey, I would like to come in to your life and have that friendship with you, individually and together as a church. So now for a bit of theology. Don't be too scared of that word. It's okay. We will survive the morning. 1 John 1. Let me read these verses, and I just want to then get a bit theological and say some stuff about fellowship. So this is John writing. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. He's talking about Jesus. This life appeared. We've seen it and we testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which, which, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. That's the F word, the Christian one. <laughs> and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie. We don't live out the truth. But if we live in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth isn't in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we've not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So let's have some facts about fellowship. True fellowship, verse 1 and 2, starts with God. That which was from the beginning. Now Jim talked about this last week really well, I thought. He said, you know, it took us back in time, before your life, my life, back, back, back through history, right back to before the creation of the world. And in the beginning, first words of the Bible, in the beginning world was God. So we'll have God. There you go, not very artistic. God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's God. 
There's God, and God exists in an eternal community. God, God is not lonely. Some, sometimes you, I've read stories that say, well, God, God was a bit lonely one day, so he thought, I know what I'll do. I'll make a couple of people. God was not lonely and feeling a bit sorry for himself. God has always been totally fulfilled, eternally there, enjoying fellowship. In fact, in the end, it says, he, God, God said, let us make man in our image. So God has existed forever and ever and ever and as many evers as there are ever. That's God. He's existed in a perfect companionship within himself. The Father enjoying the Son, the Son enjoying the Father, the Holy Spirit enjoying both. They were existing in perfect fellowship forever and ever. That's, that's theology, but it's the wonder of God. God's an eternal community within himself. That's a mystery. Can't under, if anyone can explain that, I think you're lying. It's just, just it's an amazing thing. And then, and then the writer says, this life, this God who had life within himself forever and ever, this life appeared to us. This life appeared on earth. It's amazing. If you're an Anglican, you come in, the word epiphany comes in there. The appearance of God. God has appeared. He's revealed himself to us. And so John then goes off on one. And several times he says, it's amazing, we've, ha- we've actually seen him. We saw this life. We, we even touched him. Amazing. Do you think about it? This eternal God that's, that threw stars into space, that spoke a word and somehow everything became there that wasn't there before. He said light, darkness, sun, moon, stars, people, planets, whatever. All of that. That, that God appeared and people said, good morning. And th- they touched him. I can imagine John having seen Jesus uh, through life and death and resurrection and ascension thinking, it's amazing that these hands touched him. We, we, we took bread from his hands. We, we multiplied it. We, we saw him do stuff. And he's, he's amazed. But that, that fellowship that was always there within God has come down to earth. It's amazing. So there's, there's God. And there's, there's John marveling that this God who exists completely within himself in perfect happiness has come down to earth. And we, we, he says we're now witnesses. We're, we're talking about that life. That's what we're talking about. And then he says something else. He says, we've entered into this, this fellowship. In, at the end of verse, verse 3 here, he says, our fellowship, our fellowship, us lot, us in the church, we now have entered into that fellowship. Our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So this God has, has come down to earth and, and we, us, us we have fellowship with that god so it's not just john who's amazed that he's he's actually touched the hand of jesus they've walked through the cornfields together they've done all that stuff no he's saying actually we have entered into that same fellowship that this fellowship that goes on forever we we can join in that that's what christianity is it's a relationship. It's not, not primarily a religious system or a philosophy. It's a relationship whereby we get to join, we, us, get to join in that. I don't know about you. I think that's, that's amazing. Sometimes we need a bit of shocking and, and rem- I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. Actually, that is a miraculous 
awesome thing, isn't it? That you and I get to share our fellowship, our friendship, our partnership, our eating a meal together, our intimacy is with that God. That's an amazing thing, this partnership. That's the vertical axis, if you like, between us and God. And actually, that's what we've got in common. See, we, we join together with the fellowship that there is in God. Let me, let me put it this way. There's each and there's other. <laughs> Oop, excuse the writing. Only Jesus and I can understand it most of the time. We, we, we have fellowship. Because we're joined in this, we have fellowship with each other. I mean, I get the privilege of standing at the front. Well, mostly it's a privilege. But, but when you look around a room like this, you, you think, oh, wow, what have I got in common with that person? I, I'm really young, they're knocking on a bit. What have I got in common with that, with that person? I've got no qualifications, they're really brainy. What have I got in that? that do you know, we, we can, you can go on like, like that for ages. That's, that's the glory of the church. What have I got in common with that person? They're from that nation, I'm from this nation. They're like this, I'm like that. I really like this, they really hate that and they really like something else. Now what we've got in common, our fellowship with each other is because we together are linked to God and therefore we're linked with each other. That's amazing, isn't it? He says we're all children of God by faith. And and on that basis, on that basis alone, that, that by faith Jesus has cleansed us from our sin and joined us to him. On that basis, we're partners together. We're sharers. That, see, the aim is that we increasingly join in this fellowship. That's, that's the aim. That we increasingly enjoy the fellowship that already exists between the Father and the Son. That's, that's huge, isn't it? That's a massive thing. That's, that's not going to church. Going to church is a bit of it, but it's, it's, it's not the sum of it. Listen to how Jesus expressed it. I found this verse this morning, John 17, verse uh, 22. Jesus is praying to the Father and he says, I've given them, believers, <coughs> the glory you gave me, that they may be one like we are one. That's amazing. He's saying, I'm praying that Christians will be as much one as Father and Son are one. That's, that's mind-boggling. And I in them and you in me, so that we may be brought to complete unity. You see that? Jesus is saying, I'm in them, you're in me, we're all in this together. That's an amazing thing, that we're united in that way with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. We experience his life amongst us as we relate well with him. That's what fellowship is. That's, that's how it begins. That's why it's even possible for us who are so different to one another to, to be in friendship and partnership, working together, because we're in partnership and friendship with him. That's what unites us. That's what joins us together. That's actually what makes us different from any other uh, society or grouping. What, what makes us different to the Rotary Club? quite a lot of, huh? God, God, God join us, exactly, it's God, God makes a difference, the fact that we're joined to him, that's, so that's the theology, 
Okay? That's, that's the theology. Fellowship starts with God and him, his fellowship within himself. We've become partners with God the Father and with Jesus. And that joins us to one another. Now Paul now, because this is the way all, all the epistles work, Paul then gets really practical. Really, really practical. Because this is, this is, this is really important, but it's the outworking that makes a difference. And, and, and from verse 5 onwards, he, he says, um, he starts, or verse six, six, 5 and 6 onwards, he starts saying, now what's the big so what? And one of them in verse 5 and 6 is this, you and I need to keep stepping away from darkness. Does that make sense? God is light, there's no darkness at all in him. If we claim to have this fellowship with him, this vertical thing, and yet walk in darkness, we're lying. We're not living out the truth. Actually, what he's doing is he's calling us up saying, hey, you're better than that. He's not saying, well, if you live like that, whoa, whoa, you're outside the pale. He's saying, hey, come on, walk in the light. Come on, you're better than that now. Look what I've done. I've joined you to each other. Now, come on, behave like it. Live the truth out. That's what he's doing. He's calling us to step away from darkness. Our ongoing partnership with God and each other requires us to keep stepping out of darkness into light. So, so here's the quick question. How much shady stuff have we got going on in our life? I don't have to define that. You can define it for yourself. How's it going on, the dark side, the light side? That's going a bit Star Wars here. I know, but actually it was in the Bible before it was in Star Wars. You know, in, uh, those of you, not everyone's into Star Wars. I don't actually like Star Wars very much. But I know that Darth Vader keeps trying to turn, I know, shocking, uh, turn, but we're still in fellowship with each other. It's good. Darth Vader keeps trying to, to, to turn the Jedi Knights on, into the dark side, doesn't he? He keeps trying to persuade them to, come on, come and join evil. That's actually the reality of Christian living. It's the same, same thing going on, spiritually speaking. I was listening to some, um, I don't know if you like Muse. Some people are saying, what's that? Anyway, it's a band. I was listening to, they've got a track called The Dark Side. And the singer says this, I've lived on the dark side for all of my life. I've been deceived. Break me out, break me out, set me free. It's almost like you could do an altar call now. (laughs) It's a great prayer. Set me free, break me out. So keep stepping away from darkness. It's Jesus that sets us free. It's Jesus that forgives us to enjoy this friendship, this companionship with God and with each other. But we've got choices. That's the reality of life, isn't it? We can step away and walk in the truth that we're in fellowship with God, we're in the light. Or we can step the other way and and, and walk in darkness and not be true to our real selves. Not be true to what Christ has made us to be. We've got to live out the truth that we're in fellowship, in close friendship with God and therefore with each other. You see, the truth is that sin, the wrong things we say and do and think, damages that fellowship. It damages that sense of community, that sense of partnership, that sense of being together. That's what sin does. And we sort of know that really, don't we? We, we know if we offend someone, there's a, like a distance comes in. 
It can happen in a marriage. It can happen in a friendship. It's still there, but it's not quite what it was. There's an uneasy silence. Or maybe there's a bit of door slamming or something. But there's a, there's a distance that happens. And that's what happens. He's saying, hey, walk in the light. That's his metaphor. Don't go to the dark side. Keep walking in the light. Sin damages fellowship. Sin, sin stops us shining for God, if you like. It's a bit of a quaint phrase. And he's saying, hey, hey, he says in verse 6, um, if we claim that we're still in, walking in fellowship with him and yet we're walking in darkness, we're not living out the truth. We're, we're lying. We're living a lie. We use that expression. I'm living a lie. I'm, I'm actually part of the light, but I'm, at the moment I'm, I'm living in the darkness. No, he's appealing to this church. Hey, don't do that. It's inconsistent. It's not how it's supposed to be. You can do it. It's your choice, but it's not how it's supposed to be. And also, when that goes up the creek, this goes up the creek. In fact, or the other way around, actually. It ruins friendship with each other. We get a relationship breakdown. Or if there isn't a relationship breakdown, there's just a sort of uncomfy drift. See, see, when we're not walking well with God, it's, it's a bit tricky being around each other. Do you find that? can't just be me. It's a bit tricky being around each other. And, and so we sort of drift away a bit, drift away a bit, drift away from each other. Or when we're in argy-bargy with, it, with each other, it affects this as well. Because we come into church, so all we can think about is what a stinker that person's been. And, uh, see, it, they affect one another. It's a, it's a whole thing, fellowship with God and fellowship with each other. And that's what he's saying here. So he says, walk in the light. What does it mean? It means be in the open. Be in the open. Live. God loves honesty. Because the, re- the reality is, folks, he knows the truth about us anyway. I mean, who are we kidding? We're like sometimes little children. You never have to teach them to lie. Have you noticed that? And and they're absolutely hopeless when they're really tiny, absolutely hopeless at hiding it. And and they they sort of, uh, have you you pooed your nappy? No. (laughs) Well, actually, the truth is you have. And and then it goes on to other things, of course. Walk in the light. Say, be, return, return to the light. This one first. Be honest with God. Are you honest with God? Are you able to say, hey, this is how it is, God? It's me and I've messed up again. Or, Lord, I'm feeling like this at the moment. Tell him. The psalmists, read the psalms, they, they tell God everything. Even, God, I don't get what you, why you seem so far away. They're still talking to him, telling him about that. They're so honest, they're in the light. But particularly when we've failed, he says, hey, in, Come back to God and the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice on the cross, cleanses us, forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But the condition is that we fess up. Don't be fake. Confess up. It says it in verse 8 and 9 and 10. It says, don't, don't be, some people are self-deceived. In other words, they think they're better than they are. They tell, they tell each other lies. Oh, I've been fine this week. You know, I've, I'm absolutely perfect. And actually, no, we all fail. That's just the truth of life. We all fail. Other people know they fail, but they act out. Oh, no, I'm fine. With a Bible tucked underneath my arm. So he's saying, hey, no, don't be fake. 
Instead, confess our sins. He's faithful and just and forgives us. If we, if we say we haven't done anything wrong, well, we're disagreeing with God. We make him out to be a liar. That can't be right. No, he's, saying, he's saying, be honest with God. Confess to God. If necessary, confess to other people as well. Don't be fake. Walk in the light so that we enjoy good fellowship with each other and great fellowship with God. And it's great that it just so happens that it turns into a cross. Who would have thought it? So we're going to have communion now, and we're going to take our, our time introducing that. It says in verse, uh, the beginning of chapter 2, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. So we just need to, to land this talk a little bit more now. When we come to the breaking of bread, we invite you all to join in if you're trusting in Jesus or if you want to trust in Jesus this morning. And, and here's what I suggest we do. Some of us need to take the bread that re- reminds us that Jesus' body was broken on this cross for us. Take the juice that reminds us of his shed blood for us. And just say to him, Lord, I just want to step away from this darkness. It's good if you name it, really, because he knows anyway. But it's good for you if you name it. This bit of darkness, this thing that's on the shady side of my life, I just want to step away from it. Will you help me? And thank you that as I confess my sins, you forgive me. You cleanse me from all unrighteousness just bring it to the light if you want someone to pray for you grab someone you know and trust and ask them to pray for you but i'm sure they'll be very happy if you're not sure who to grab come and grab someone that you've seen at the front and we'll pray for you step away from the darkness trust in jesus maybe some someone's here for the first time says i I don't know if i've ever done that i don't know if i've ever really seen it that i that 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 it's not a religion that it's a relationship that jesus died on the cross to bring us to god you could for the first time come forward take that bread and wine and say jesus for the first time i'm trusting you i'm trusting you for the forgiveness of every wrong thing i've ever said or done or thought i put all my trust i give you my life this morning see the truth is, for all of us, whether we've been a Christian donkey's years or, or becoming one this morning, he stands at the door, just like he was, the verse we read out at the beginning, and he says, hey, I want to eat and drink with you. I, w- I want to be friends. So that's what communion is all about. I know it can become just something we do, but, but it's more than that. It's a regular reminder of the heart of our faith. That Jesus Christ came, the eternal Son of God, came to earth so that we could know him and, yeah, we could be friends with each other. So if there's something that's gone on between any of us here, let's go and say, hey, sorry, I want to, let's walk in the light. Let's talk about it, maybe talk about it later, but let's talk about it. Let's be in the light with each other and in the clear with him. Let's pray together and then we're going to break bread and drink the wine. Lord, we thank you for this bread. We thank you for this wine. We thank you that you, the eternal God, the self-existent God who is always, always able to enjoy himself, 
and be complete in and of himself. We thank you that you came to this world. You were seen, you were touched. You lived a perfect life. You died a sacrificial death so that we could enter into that amazing relationship. So that somehow, just as Jesus is in the Father, so we could be in and with you. Share us together in your life. And Lord, we don't want to live a lie and deny our failings. We don't want to live a lie and pretend we're more righteous than we are. We thank you that you cleanse us. You forgive us so that we can walk in the light with you and with one another. So we thank you for this this quaint word, fellowship, and pray that we'd enjoy it more and more, both with one another and with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's tables at the back, left and right. There's tables here. So let's take our time, break bread. If there's